are here in this beautiful sanctuary. Look around. What a beautiful day. Great day to be coming together. The word says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the habit of some. It's not our habit. We love to come together. And some of you are with us by live stream. We welcome you just as much. You're with us. We don't know who all you are, but we're glad you're with us today. This is the day that the Lord has made. What will we do? Rejoice and be glad in it. We welcome our newest member again back to us, Victor James. Glad to have you, Victor James. Yes, sir. And we're proud of Mama. You're proud of Mama, too, aren't you? And so uh, we're going to sing a wonderful hymn of the faith, Praise the Lord the Almighty. Then we are going to have communion, during which time Isaiah, alias Johnny Cash, is going to lead us in some uh, worship songs during communion. Father, we're just so thankful that we can be together. Some people are not together because of COVID or other reasons. Thank you that we can be together here worshiping you. And we give ourselves to you today. We don't want to hold back. We want to celebrate your goodness, your greatness. We are thankful. And so we want to say together, praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. And I'm going to get a song sheet so that I know where we're at. And uh, I invite you to stand unless you'd rather sit. So uh, praise to the
Christ, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. The same way also he took the cup, and when he had supped, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Remembering what you did for us, Lord Jesus, we remember the prayer that you taught us to say and to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. Scripture encourages us to examine ourselves and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And so we don't do this to beat ourselves up. We do it to, to uh, look inside, to deal with any unfinished business, and then to confess it to the Lord so that we are ready, as Scripture says, to drink in a worthy manner. So we just take a moment. You shine your light upon us. We thank you. You invite us to receive of your very self, Lord Jesus. And we, we take you, your life into us now as we worship together. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your communion. God, help us to dwell with you now. Dwell with us here. We're here to worship you. It's about you. It's not about us. Jesus is worthy. We have mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
what a beautiful name it is the name of jesus christ my king what a beautiful name it is nothing compares to this what a beautiful name it is the name of jesus amen without us so Jesus you brought heaven down my sin my sin was great your love was greater what could separate us now what a wonderful name it is what a wonderful name it is the name of Jesus Christ, my King. Oh, what a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. Oh, what a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. every step of the way if he's been there for you he's been there for you this year give thanks and praise death could not hold you the veil tore before you he silenced the boast of sin and grave the heavens are roaring Praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again. You have no rival, and you have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. And yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. Hallelujah. What a powerful name it is. I said nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. Praise God. There's lots to be thankful for this week, church. Please use this time to give thanks. Use this time to connect with God and give thanks together as the body. He's so good.
to sing out. We want to welcome the Holy Spirit here. Without the Holy Spirit, we're just striving. Come Holy Spirit. to the fatherless defender of the weak freedom from the prisoner we sing this is God in his holy place this is God clothed in love and strength sing out sing out Lift your voice and cry out. Awesome is our strong God. Mighty is our God. Sing out. Lift your hands and shout out. Awesome is our strong God. Mighty is our God. With us, with us in the wilderness, faithful to provide every breath and every step we sing. This is God in His holy place. This is God clothed in love and strength. Sing out. Sing out, lift your voice and cry out. Awesome is our strong God, mighty is our God. Sing out, sing out, lift your hands and shout out. Awesome is our strong God, mighty is our God. There is none higher. There is none higher, no, there is none greater, no, there is none stronger than our God. Sing again. There is none higher, no, there is none greater, no, there is none stronger than our God. There is no one higher. and cry out awesome is our strong God mighty 
praise our God. Yeah. Sing out, sing out, lift your hands and shout out. Awesome is our strong God, mighty is our God. Sing out, sing out, sing out, lift your voice and cry out. Awesome is our strong God, mighty is our God. Sing out, lift your voice and shout out. Awesome is our strong God, mighty is our God. Thank you, God. Give God some praise there. That's for him. He is a strong God. I have seen him in my own life. I bear witness to that many times. I think he is so strong. And he comes through and he's faithful. Amen. Amen. One day we're going to be able to worship Jesus together in heaven, and I want us to th use this last song to, to think about that. As I've been in the book of Revelation, I, I picked the Revelation song here for us to just imagine worshiping forever, that whole idea. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful time. It can be scary right now, but let's press in together as a church, as a body, and use this time to really think about worshiping the Lamb forever.
clothed were clothed in rainbows of living color flashes of lightning rolls of thunder blessing and honor strength and glory and power be to you So the body of our Lord Jesus Christ and his precious blood strengthen you and keep you steadfast unto life everlasting. Peace be with you. Amen.
So here's my question. Has anybody been stung by bees or wasps or hornets this summer? Raise your hands. Okay, mine's right there too. You see it? This, this arm is a lot bigger than this arm. I've had three of them. I never had any until this summer. It seems like bees are all over the place. So uh, watch them. Be careful. Hey, we've got some people that are heading out. Actually, uh, Karen and I are going to take a few days this week and uh, go up to the North Shore and celebrate 40-some years together. Five. Good I had that, right? And uh, we have what's called an LT here. It's called a leadership team. And Chris is on that. And CJ and Luann, Karen and I. Is Steve on that as, as well? Steve's on that. And uh, Nate, of course, when he's here. Hi, Nate, if Hi, you happen Nate. to be listening in. He's alive. I saw him. Uh, yes. So uh, we've got some people that are leaving. That's what happens in the summer often. And Chris is taking off. Come on up, Chris. And uh, yeah, yeah, Kathy too. And we're going to pray for them because things are changing in the Alex family. What's going on? Well, before you hear me, before I, I just want to do it. It's not on? Oh, there we go. I, I want to give a shout out. Uh, first of all, I, I was blessed and joyed, overjoyed to talk to John Abler today. And it's his birthday. I, I felt led to call him. So I want to, uh, we, uh, we miss them. And their daughter is getting married in three weeks. So our prayers are with you. And many blessings on your family. Erica, I was uh, Erica, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. For, we're, we're praying for you guys. Anyway, yeah, uh, I... Uh, a uh, couple things. My son, Kathy and my son are leaving Wednesday. My son, Emmanuel, who you've seen around here in the past, our youngest, our youngest of nine, 14. He's headed to Texas uh, on a full scholarship to the John Newcomb Tennis Academy. So I'll be going to, yeah. So that came out of nowhere, but his hard work has paid off. So Kathy is going down to get him ready, and then she'll come back. I leave on Saturday to Los Angeles uh, to sp uh, celebrate my parents' uh, anniversary. And then, uh, gosh, is it uh, 67 or something years? And then I fly on Wednesday to New York. Kathy flies into Los Angeles on Tuesday, and she flies out of Los Angeles on Wednesday because it's the, the cheapest place to go. Could you believe that? And so if we could we pray to Greece on, on Wednesday. Planes, <laughs> on different planes. And I'm a little, con yeah, because of the way it worked. And so she, uh, she will be, uh, I'll be gone for 30 days, Lord willing, and she will be gone two weeks. And it's a little difficult because Americans can't travel. I'm an EU citizen, but Kathy, so I have to have all her paperwork in order since she's I'm not, not a EU citizen. Yeah, so if you could pray for that, so pray for a couple of you, come on up. I can go pray. with an EU citizen. Yeah. An right. American cannot go she, I, without no. pieces, but we're not on the same flight, so it's a little tricky. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if you could pray for that. Okay. Yeah. So. Mm. Uh, 
all the details, Lord. You know about all the details that are coming up here as they're gathering uh, things that need to be brought to the different places. And, Father, this can uh, bring stress. You know that. So we ask that you would take the burdens off their shoulders. Thank you, Father. Uh, protection. Sing a song over them, O Lord. Bring your protection, Father. Shine your light on them, Lord. Shine on the path they are to walk. Yes, Lord, give them your wisdom, your discernment. Open their eyes to see what you are doing in the spiritual realm. Refresh them, Father. Surprise them, Lord. For your glory. We pray for your glory to be done for your will. Thank you, Jesus, that you might be glorified. And they are dear trip. to you. They are dear to us. And so we bless them as they travel. We pray for good connections. We pray for peace and well-being and for the goals to be accomplished in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. Can we just say something about Yeah, you say it. <clears throat> so I just wanted to just give you a little update on Emmanuel. He's you know, one of the top in his age division in the United States. Um, Did but, you hear that? Well, anyway, well, it's, a, it's a long, long road. It's a long road to be a good tennis player. Anyway, he's got hopes and dreams to be really good. and. Um, the interesting thing is when he was like 11, he went to a tournament in Texas. The University of um, Texas is the number one in the nation in the boys, men, men's tennis. Um, so he went there, loved the school at 11, had a dream. Oh, I, that's where I want to play for. And he went to, I took him after that, you know, to UCLA, my school where I went, took him around, uh, didn't show any <laughs> didn't want to look at any pictures. Didn't want to, you know, it's really interesting. So anyway, so we he was training at the USTA training center in Carson, California, and that door closed on Wednesday. They're closing on downsizing because they don't have a lot of finances now. The US Open is not having ticket sales for spectators. They're just gonna do it without spectators. So they're downsizing. Anyway, that door closed and then this whole door opened for him to go to this academy mm. in Texas. But it's going to be tough for him. He's 14 years old. He's going to be away from his family. So he's going to try it out. And for a month, he'll be on his own. And um, he'll do school there and everything. And he's going with his doubles partner, who's also from Southern California. So hopefully, you know, we're praying. But if you could just pray for him. I mean, it's going to be hard for him to just... Very young, 14 and a half. But this place has church on Sunday. They wow. take him to church. Wow. They are, wow. uh, it's got a family feel very, we think a lot of the coaches are Christians. So just if you could keep them in your prayers. Thank you. Against bullying, predators, any type of thing like that because he's away from us. Thank you so much. So very likely, we will be watching him on television one day, right? 
No, that, that's very likely. If he is uh, ranked nationally, then uh, I went and watched him when he was in 7th, 8th grade playing in the varsity and beating varsity uh, players. So kind of an inspiration. So uh, wisdom for mom and dad, too, on how to deal with someone when you've got a champion like that uh, in that family. So uh, we have an offering box, not an offering plate, but an offering box for you to give your tithes and offerings. Our LT met as we meet once a week, and we talked about some possible gifts other than the regular gifts to Lydia House, and one name came up, the name of Pastor Charlie Kruku, I think this is the name, Kruku, uh, he's been doing a lot of ministry in this city as a result of the devastation that's taken place in St. Paul, Minneapolis. And he left last week for Portland to go there to be a spokesman for Christ. And then he was going to Seattle. And uh, we agreed that we wanted to give him a major gift. And so uh, you could also designate uh, you could give to the regular offering or you could designate a gift, uh, make it out like you normally do, but then uh, mark, earmark it for Charlie and his wife. He's an African, his wife is an American, and they have a, a, a team. They're, they're really a, a wonderful team. We told you last week that we were on a march together with them, and we were delighted to do that Okay. In the game of football, the object is to take this thing down the field as fast as you can and get it over the goal line and you score because you want to win. Sometimes in moving in this direction, we have the phrase thrown for a loss where the defense breaks in, and rather than going this way, we end up going that way. So sometimes in our life, we get thrown for a loss. A child breaks an arm. A neighbor complains that you're riding over the grass, and you know that you saw their son doing it creates a big dispute or relative issues or situations at work. We all have them when we get thrown for a loss. I want you to look with me to Philippians chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, open it there, and I'm going to read from chapter 1, verse 12. Here's what it says. I want you to know that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So what happened to him? Well, he appealed to Caesar, and so he's on his way to Rome. It took him a long time to get there. When he got there, we don't, know, we don't know if he ever made the appeal, but we know he got in prison in Rome. That wasn't the plan. And so he's in prison. 
for two weeks, two years. And now Paul is talking about an advance. He should have been talking about being thrown for a loss because that's what it normally would be. But he says, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So what are we talking about here? What's the imperial guard? It's the Green Beret of the Roman Empire. It's trained soldiers. There are 10,000 of them. They're well-trained. They're well-paid. They're so well-paid that sometimes emperors had to, had to curry their favor to connect with them so that they would help defend them. They were called to defend Rome, defend the palace, defend the king. And now the gospel is going throughout the whole, Paul says, the whole imperial guard. How is this happening? Paul's in prison, but the gospel is not. And so can you imagine being in prison with Paul for four hours at a time? What's going to happen? Sooner or later, he's going to get the gospel. And some of them start believing. And then they tell somebody else. He says, Throughout the whole imperial guard, that's 10,000 people. Paul's in jail, but the gospel is not. And here's my sermon in one point. A setback, when you have faith, becomes a setup. It becomes a divine setup for God to work. A setback for a lot of people becomes a time to complain. Joseph could have been complaining. What a setback. What a terrible setback Joseph had. He lost his family. He lost his future. And he could have lost his faith. But listen to the way he talks about this. He's, he's meeting with his brothers who lied and said, Dad told us that you were supposed to do well with us and not punish us. Dad didn't say that, but they didn't want him to get even, which would be natural for what they did to him. And he said, you meant it for evil, setback, but God meant it for good, set up. That setback was a mighty setup from God to bring about the salvation of a nation, to care for the nation of Israel. So Paul is talking about a setback that becomes a setup, and two things happen. The first is that Roman soldiers are coming to faith in Jesus Christ, and the second is that it is encouraging brothers and sisters to share the gospel. When you have a setback and you respond in a positive way, it's encouraging to others. And it was encouraging to them. And they're saying, well, if Paul in prison can have a revival, we can certainly preach the gospel on the streets. Joseph said, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good to bring about 
the protection of a nation down in Egypt. So setbacks don't have to be setups. Set setbacks don't have to be setbacks. They can be setups. If, on the other hand, we respond to a setback like a victim, then all we can do is find people to commiserate with us and say, oh, that's too bad. Have you been there? Ever been there? It's easy to complain about the things that are happening in our life and to groan and moan and then look for people who will identify with us in our sorrow. The children of Israel, with their predicament, they weren't looking forward to the promised land. They were looking back to Egypt. They said some incredible things as victims. This is in Exodus 16. The Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, and the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in Egypt. Listen, when we sat down by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. Oh, it was so wonderful in Egypt. You know what victims do? They glorify the past because they're afraid of the future. They're afraid of walking into the future. They're afraid of that daunting reality that they're going to have to face. It's a challenge, and they want to go back to Egypt. Victims say, if only. If only this hadn't happened. If only she hadn't said that. If only this, uh, I, I didn't break my arm. If only these things didn't happen, I could be better off. But because of this situation, and they get stuck, and they end up glorifying the past, victors say, what if? What if God chooses to bless us? What if God chooses to pour out his spirit? Listen to what Joshua and Caleb, they were shocked when the people wanted to choose a new leader and go back to Egypt and so this is what they said, Numbers 14. The land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. What's he saying? We're going to eat him alive. The Lord is with us. Do not fear them. You know what the people wanted to do? Stone them. They wanted to stone them because they were speaking to the future and victims don't want the future. They want to go to the past because it's more comfortable to accept the misery of the past than the daunting challenge of faith that takes us to a future. If you have a setback, it turns into a setup if you look toward the future and look to God. But if otherwise, it'll turn you back. Victors turn even suffering into a gift. Paul says later in this chapter, for it has been granted to you on the behalf of Christ not only to believe in his name, but also to suffer. Suffering is a gift from God. 
to purify our faith. Victors encourage others by their confidence. So I'm asking you this morning, are you more like a victim or are you more like a victor? When you live, how do you live your life when you have struggles? Are you a victor in the midst of those that see them as a setup for God to work or are you a victim? I am blessed in the last few years. I've been blessed by two men, Joseph and Nicodemus, who for a while were secret followers of Jesus. They were leaders. Nicodemus was the teacher. Jesus called him, you are the teacher of Israel. So he was prominent. He was known throughout the country of Israel. Joseph of Arimathea was known throughout the country as a leader. And now they become secret followers of Jesus. Then Jesus dies. So who's going to bury him? Are the disciples? They never thought about death, so they didn't think about burial. They didn't make any plans. They're hiding behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. So who's going to do it? God moved on the heart of Joseph. And he spoke to his friend Nicodemus and said, we're going to provide a place for Jesus. They go to Pilate. Pilate gives the okay. Where is Jesus crucified? In a thoroughfare. Romans put them on a thoroughfare so that everyone would see them and say, this is what will happen to you if you don't bow to Rome. And so it wasn't in some far off place. It was right near the city gate. So this is the busiest time of the year. The busiest day of the year. Their preparation for Passover, so people are scurrying around getting stuff. They couldn't do it privately. They couldn't take down the body privately and sneak away. We don't hear about him anymore. You know why? I think why is that they killed him. But imagine what reception they got in heaven. You thought about my son. Joseph of Arimathea, they weren't victor, victims. They were Victors. The whole letter of Philippians gives us an example of a victor. He could have written a negative letter. He didn't plan on getting thrown in prison. It wasn't just. He, he appealed to Caesar. That's what he was going for. And yet he was thrown into prison, not for a short time, for two weeks. But this is how he writes. Even with those who are using it for... Uh, uh, out of jealousy, he says, what then, verse 18 of chapter 1, only in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. A victim could have said, what are they doing? But a victor says, well, the gospel's going for it. Their hearts are wrong, but God is being praised. Then he continues in chapter 1, yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, 
this will turn out for my deliverance. He's been in prison for two years. Paul, isn't it about time you quit thinking you're going to get out? He says, I know I'm going to get out. He's positive. He's confident. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. A victim says, I'll probably never get out of this place. I'll probably stay here the rest of my life. That's how a victim talks. And Jesus encountered one such man. He went to the pool of Bethesda, and he asked him a question that we don't have any record of him asking anyone else. He asked him, do you remember what he asked him? Huh? Well, he was more specific, but he was asking him that. Do you, do you want to be healed? Okay, he's been paralyzed for 38 years. Isn't that a pretty obvious question? Do you want to be healed? What kind of answer do you expect from that? Yes, hallelujah. Yes, you're the healer. Yes, praise the Lord. Is that what you get? You get the response of a victim. A victim is paralyzed in his heart, not just in his body. And his paralysis was a picture of his inner paralysis. He says, no one puts me in this, and I'll add some words, this stinking pool. No one's helping me. And if you read between the lines, he's saying, I'll probably be here the rest of my life. What does Jesus do? Pulls a rug out from underneath him. He heals him. And then he comes back to him later, and he says something to him that I hope I never have to say to anybody after I've prayed for them, and by God's grace, they're healed. This is what Jesus says to him. Sin no more, or something worse is going to happen to you. In other words, his sin was related to his sickness, in a very clear way. He was paralyzed in his heart. He was paralyzed in his body. He was sinning, and he needed to change his, his frame of mind, his attitude, his outlook. He thought like a victim. And he lived like a victim, and the Lord wanted to set him free, and so he gave him a chance. Paul, Paul was there for two years, and yet he was hoping for release. And yet, even that was not his final goal. He says, yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Now listen, as is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. So his ultimate hope was not, 
let me out of this stinking place. His hope is, God be honored in my life. There's a victor. I want to live that way, don't you? I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to fall prey to situations in my life and then say, what a crummy deal. And then not see that God wants to turn a setback into a setup. I want you to pause for a minute. And I want to see if you can think of times in your life, could be distant past or recent, where you have had a real setback. You were thrown for a loss. You lost some ground. Might have been a relative, a neighbor, a spouse, a child, a situation at work that really threw you. And I'm asking you, how did you respond to that? Because God wants to take those situations and depending upon your response, he will turn it into a, a setback, into a setup. But if you respond as a victim, what you will be looking for is people who will feel sorry for you and commiserate with you. So take a moment now you might have something to share where, where you saw it turn into a, 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 it was a divine setup. I'd love to have you come up and share. I'm going to close and with a benediction in a little bit, and then we'll have some discussion on this. But if you come up with something, as we pause now for a moment, just raise your hand. Father, we are sorry. I am sorry. I know my friends here are sorry. That there are times where you looked forward to releasing us into a new place and we weren't ready because we were playing the victim role. We're sorry when we have missed opportunities to see you do your thing and look good. We're sorry when we have felt sorry for ourselves rather than see the opportunity that you were presenting for us. We thank you for our brother Paul, who in the midst of an unfair prison sentence in Philippi, the very city he's writing to, chose to sing hymns at midnight rather than complain, and you showed up. We pray that we would be oriented towards seeing your power in the midst of our discouragement and even devastation so that you could have your way. We thank you for people like Paul, courageous people who have built up an immunity to discouragement, who won't let their lives turn into turmoil by complaining and feeling sorry for themselves, but look for you to bring a setback into a setup. Uh, set 
Let it be so for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.